Welcome to episode 38 of Too Old For This Podcast, your safe space for grown-up talk about childish things. On today's show, the final episode of 2019, we are reviewing episodes, chapters 7 and 8 of The Mandalorian. So let's go. Up nerd and up nerd. Let's start the show. <laughs> Meme of 2019. <laughs> uh, how you doing, my friend? Doing great, brother. How are you? I'm here at the end of this glorious year. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Uh, no complaints. Um, I feel like 2019 was a pretty good year. What an epic year. Yeah. Uh, if you think about just the stuff that we deal with here. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the show was born yeah. in 2019. There was, was no show in 2018, if I remember correctly. Am I right about that? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I feel like we started yeah. recording in 2018, but we didn't start airing it until 2019. Because uh, we were kind of okay. dabbling, like, just like. It's amazing. Idea, right? It's amazing that I don't remember. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I should just look it up and, and know before I talk about it. But um, regardless, uh, uh, can you believe uh, Captain Marvel was this year? Yeah, it was. That's right. Frig- friggin' Endgame? Endgame was this year, yeah. yeah. Joker even seems like a long... like. Doesn't it seem like Joker was a long time ago? Uh, Captain, uh, Captain Marvel definitely seems a lot longer, <laughs> even though that was like, what, May? No, it was, uh, no, it was before May, because, uh, Endgame came out in May, right? You know what? I don't know. Let's look some yeah, stuff up. I feel like, yeah. uh, that was April, if I remember correctly, and then Endgame February, Captain Marvel it? was Fe- February 27th, 2019. Okay. Yeah. So very early in the year. I remember thinking, like, at the beginning of the year that it was so slow, and Captain Marvel was the only thing... That uh, was kind of like interesting to me at that time. Yeah, and then uh, well, there was also didn't Shazam come out early in the year too? If I remember uh, correctly, well, you see? I feel like I feel like Shazam was before summer. You know what? I would know this if I had done what I really wanted to do was yeah. uh, make make a end of year pers- uh, like retrospective episode, like right. best of nineteen. Yeah. Uh, you know that would have been awesome. Next year. Maybe, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, Shazam, uh, IMDb. I feel like that wasn't in the summer. I feel like it was pretty. Yeah, you could just Google release date. You don't got to do the stupid long way that I'm doing. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. No, it was a good year. Uh, it was in, a lot. in in Nerdum. Anyways, right? It, it was yeah, for sure. Uh, it seems like it was a bummer year in a lot of other ways out there in the world. I don't know. Is it just, does it seem to you like the world is bummed out in 2019 um, generally? 
I don't know about bummed out, but uh, <laughs> we didn't Trump get impeached this year? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it means nothing. Like, you know, it really <laughs> doesn't change anything. So yeah, anybody who was hoping that stuff was going to be changed by that is disappointed. And yeah. anybody who was against it is just mad that it happened. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I feel like 2019, outside of fandom even inside of fandom man mm-hmm. like so much controversy over rise of skywalker you know like since we put out it's... our positive reviews you know i have i have i have read so much anger and so much vitriol about rise of skywalker but you know what you know, I'm, I'm the stuff i'm reading is generally positive though yeah okay right. so, I mean, but it's, it, all, it's... It, it all exists you're right it's yeah. not just it's not just one one-sided yeah and i i feel like it's a lot less one-sided than it was in the last jedi era i i think that uh the what, what rise of skywalker did was kind of divide the divided even further okay so that so like people who were hoping that a bunch of stuff from last jedi was going to get re- rewritten they got a couple of things that they wanted rewritten mm-hmm. and then they got a couple of things that they wanted rewritten not rewritten right? right so so a couple of those guys are like mad about it and a couple of those guys are like happy about it right yeah. so i just feel like like every decision made in the movie that was fan service kind of did that to the audience got further dissected it so i feel like the reaction to it is far more diverse in that like people who were all on the same side before are now infighting with each other. It's like, mm. I, but I, 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 I'm not sure that it's better. I feel like it might be worse, except maybe it's better for Disney because there's less of a unified voice against them, you know, saying this is the problem. Yeah. All pointing, all pointing at one thing. It's like a million little fights about a million little things. Um, you know, and generally if you went into rise of Skywalker thinking that you already hated, the Disney era and that you were never going to like it, then you didn't change your mind. Yeah. Um, That's true. 100%. But a lot of people who are going in hoping to enjoy the movie, uh, really did. Um, and you know, the box office is, is doing very well. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to do an, an analysis of it, uh, yeah. but because because it's very simple to say it's doing very well. Like you can't argue with that. Um, yeah. You can analyze it all you want, but uh, the movie's doing very well. And um, you know, I don't think Kathleen Kennedy's career is in any trouble. Yeah. You know, um, you know, unless she's just feeling like retiring and yeah. just you know is has been waiting to do it and is going to announce that soon. I don't know. I'm not even speculating. Um, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, that's my quick point on this whole uh, Disney Star Wars era is, um, and I've been saying it from the get-go, is they needed a, um, uh, what's his name? Um, sorry, I'm drawing a blank on his name over on uh, Marvel side. They need the Kevin Feige. Kevin they Feige. They need a Kevin Feige type person to just yeah. see everything. Um, yep. There was too many, too many, like, they should not. They never should have let uh, what's his face, Ryan Johnson, write his own script. Have complete control. Yeah, yeah have com- I, complete I, control of his own script. I that agree was, with that. That was the biggest I, mistake that Disney made. I agree with that, but you know, I also have my own problem with that. I like. I still don't believe that that is true. Mm-hmm. I believe. I believe that believe a that lot of the direction. A, a lot of stuff that they say is just to please certain people who want want them to say certain things like like mm. i i don't think i think maybe part of ryan johnson's deal was i need you to publicly say that this is 100 percent my own script mm. uh in order for me to do this because he was known as an artist like not as a 
you know, a boardroom uh, film mm-hmm. kind of guy, right? right. Um, and and they were they really pushed heavily on Ryan Johnson's artistry in in promoting the Last Jedi, right. and and in defending him ever since. Uh, they they've pushed heavily at his artistry, and it, it's true. He's a he's a great director. He is um, a good director, most definitely. Yeah. Knives Out, you see Knives Out. Is- not yet, but yeah, but like I like I'm so sick of people telling me to see Knives Out. I'm going to see it. I I hate murder mystery movies. It's <laughs> just right, not mind. my thing. Don't watch it then. Fuck you. <laughs> but I'm no I'm I'm no I'm sorry. I like look. You've done it to me. Steve's done it to me. Uh, everybody. Okay, Looper. Who I talked to about Looper movies was has, a good movie, man. I like, love I, Looper. Yeah, yeah I know. right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, fuck that oh, Knives Out right, shit. Right, Josh, Don't great. watch it. Uh, the Last Jedi is great in my opinion. Yeah. No, um, I, I I still like the Last Jedi. I just didn't. Right. Love it. <laughs> I, I, I think there's something. I think there's something to be said that it stands apart from the the trilogy. Like it, it feels like it's not part of the same trilogy for some reason. Even though yeah. the story, the storyline picks up five minutes later after the first one ends. It's um, it 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 does feel very different it to does. me. Um, <clears throat> nothing. And, I don't know. There's um, there's nothing really wrong with that. It's just some of his choices within the film. Uh, I hate it. So there's parts of that film I absolutely loved. And right. then, like, I, I, I keep saying it over and over. There's parts I loved and there's parts I absolutely fucking hated. And Me if too. I could, like, if I could do a fan edit <laughs> and just sit there and, like, re-edit right. the film, I think uh, right. I think it would uh, appease myself anyways. Sure. I, you know, <laughs> and I, I picture a future that's not too far off yeah. where... Where where Disney releases films in like an app form where you can do that where you can say look <laughs> that'd be that'd be every every single choice that we mm-hmm. know you're going to have a controversy over we have pre researched through the internet uh, and we have filmed every single possibility for how this movie could go and yeah. now you can all go make your own version of this film Imagine and that. just you just you just got to buy it from us that'd be so and cool. then. And then go do it, and and then you could even post it and like see who could get the most views on their version, yeah. you know, and and make it a cool competition. I absolutely think that that's coming. Yeah, I think I think that that's probably being worked on Choose right now. Your own adventure films. There you yeah. go. Um, just to because this era of fandom re- requires it. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 there's definitely like it would be huge. It would be a, it would be very profitable. Do you think everyone would edit out Canto Bite and uh, uh, <laughs> not, that not situation? everybody, not yeah, everybody. Right. Oh, there are people who love Canto Bite. Just like, look, dude, like I, thirty years ago, uh, I would have said, you know, nobody likes the prequels, but mm-hmm. now all of a sudden they redeem the new love. It's kind of it's kind of interesting how things happen. You know, that's that's the meme, but I don't, I have an argument with that too, and yeah. this is why this is why I invited Ben Hart from. Star Wars Underworld uh, on the podcast. He's, he said he's going to come on at some point. We haven't scheduled it yet, but yeah. uh, I want a millennial to come on because I want to have this. I want to. I want to. I want to yell at a millennial about that. Um, Not yell. Uh, discuss. No, I'll be, no, discuss. I'll be nice. To that. Ben's Ben's a nice guy. I'll be nice. To him. Um, <laughs> but the the whole notion that I keep seeing over and over again that there's all this new love for the prequels is just mm-hmm. lo- it's 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 not true it's all the children grew up and have mm-hmm. websites now yeah. and they and their voices have taken over the internet so that love but was always there it is kind it, of true it's, because it's just the dominant voice now um I was watching um as I as I usually do I was watching uh, Collider and um, I'm drawing a blank on his uh, on his name, but there's this one dude on there who's like huge Star Wars fan, and even he was saying that he has a newfound love for the prequels. And I was like, "The hell's going on here?" Oh, uh, I know which guy you're talking I about. I can't remember his name. Mark Ellis? And no, that's not it. Yeah, no, I don't Mark know. Ellis. I don't know. But 
I think he's lying. Yeah. I think I think like he's one of the guys who I say on YouTube is like, no, you know what your audience wants to hear. You know that your audience is mostly millennial now. Yeah. And 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 you just want them to like you. You just want more love than and than hate in your comment section. Yeah, probably. I, I don't I don't believe him that he likes it more now. Yeah. I just I just think that you know, you hear more people talking positively about them now, for sure. Mm-hmm. But that's it's only because the kids grew up and their voices mm-hmm. took over. Yeah, which is absolutely the way it should be. I'm not complaining. I'm not yeah. saying it's a bad. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It just totally. every time somebody totally says, every time somebody says, there's all this new love for Star Wars. I'm mm-hmm. for the prequels. I'm like, nah. It's the same love. It's just different voices are speaking. Well, I, <laughs> I, I'll always say it is. Um, there's parts of the prequels as well um, that. That I absolutely love as well. Um, Duel of the over, Fates. Yeah, absolutely. Like you know, fine. Um, there's there's redeemable uh, uh, moments in all those films. Um, I still I still like even when I looked at because I was watching the Phantom Menace just the other day. Actually, it was on um, I believe Christmas Eve, and I put it on because it was on I think Showcase or something. And even while I was watching, I was still thinking, this this is way too CGI heavy. Like, the scene I was watching was literally not one single, like, real person on the screen. It was all CGI. Yeah. It was the battle um, uh, between the uh, the battle droids and uh, the Gungans. And it was literally, like, not one Whoa. human yeah. character in oh, the God. entire screen, right? It gave me chills. It was yeah. so, it was so... It's yeah, too CGI it gave... heavy, right? But yeah. Um, yeah. I still think that the Disney era is better than the prequels. Sorry, that's the way I feel. Um, um, hold on, do I feel that? Hold on, uh, that's yeah. a good, that's a good, that's a good question. Do yeah. I agree that is Disney era better than the prequel era? Kevin, the answer is yes. Yeah, yes, the Disney yeah. era is better than the prequel yeah. era. No, era, yeah. Um, but it's not there yet. It's like it's it's still finding its legs. It's yeah, like you know, I agree. It, it, I, it, I wish it had found its legs before <laughs> it. It did episode seven, eight, and nine, but it's it's getting there. It's 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 getting there, right? It's limping along, but it's getting there. Well, I can say at least one thing: the Mandalorian is definitely united. It's the fantastic. Fandom. Yeah, it's so fantastic. It is. And speaking of the Mandalorian, hey, why don't we review a couple of episodes of the Mandalorian? Sure, that we fine. Let's get to. Okay, fine. Why don't we get to? I guess that means it's time for. This is the way, kids. This is the way. We poop. (laughs) Why does that make me laugh every time? Because it's funny. (laughs) It is funny. (laughs) Shit. Okay, okay, okay. We got two episodes to do. Yeah. We, we, we waited to do chapter seven because, um, well, well because Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker was yeah. coming out, and because we knew that chapter seven and chapter eight were a two-part finale, and let's just do the whole thing together. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely. I agree one hundred percent. Look, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are we ready? We're ready. We're good to go now? We're good to Here go. We go. So chapter seven uh, finds Mandalorian and the child uh, aboard the Razor Crest. Yep. And Mandalorian receives a communique. 
from? From one Grief Karga. Grief Karga. Yeah. And he's like, bro, I know you're probably mad at me, but listen. <laughs> and he says, bro, uh, I want to help you take out the client. You're never going to be free until they're gone. And we don't like what they've done to the place since you left. We want to get rid of them too. We got to team up. Bygones be bygones. We'll reinstate you into the guild. How you like them apples? And then I'm going to help you kill the client. How you like them apples? (laughs) Right? Yep. What a killer setup. Right? What a killer setup. And then what does the Mandalorian do? Exactly what I said we all wanted him to do many episodes ago, Kev. What yeah. did I say we all wanted? That he what wanted did I to say? assemble a crew. Every assemble one of these every one of these fantastic characters that we loved, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Every one of them he walked away from. And every time we were like, oh, we wish that character would come with him. And we, they would all be one big crew on the Razor Crest. And yeah. guess what we're going to do now, Kev? Boom. It's all this is I'm sorry, I apologize for I apologize for saying that this was not long form storytelling mm-hmm. because this is long form storytelling paying off. Yeah. This is weeks and weeks and weeks mm-hmm. of payoff now in one fantastic half an hour yeah. or forty minutes or whatever this is gonna be. We're gathering up all the characters. We're going back to get Quill. We're going back to get Cara the, Dune. the only one that you didn't go back and get was the uh, the uh, the mechanic. That was literally the only one. Yeah, yeah but we didn't. Know. But we will. Okay, we do, we need her now because sure we'll we'll, spoiler alert. By the way, first of all, if you haven't watched these, we're going to spoil everything. Yes. Um. So stop listening right now. Here I go spoiling something. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm spoil the shit out of this. Quill dies at the end of episode seven. He does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> So now we're gonna need a mechanic. So guess mm-hmm. who we're gonna go? Guess who we're gonna go pick up? Yeah. Uh, to join Rhea, the crew, Rhea Perlman. Rhea Perlman. My, my Rhea Perlman. Yes, I forget the actress's <laughs> real name. But yeah, no, I can't remember. I guess she just reminded me of Rhea Perlman from yeah. Cheers, and I love her. She's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't even mind that she she was styled a little bit like Rip, Ripley because again, yep. she didn't remind me of Ripley. She reminded me of Carla from Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. But uh, yeah, the whole Ripley thing, I think, was the hair was uh, direct to uh, Ripley. But yeah, anyway. and her whole jumpsuit looked like Ripley. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. But but she, I loved her character, and her character protected Baby Yoda, yeah. which is something that we all love. Yeah. And her and her little droid dudes uh, from from the Phantom from Menace. The Phantom Menace, yeah. Like the, uh, every. Uh, fuck, what were they called again? Um, were they we ba- should not, know. not battle know. droids? Um, pit droids. Pit droids. Pitch right, yes, yes, yeah. yes. <clears throat> yes, we're gonna get that back. I I guarantee that right now. Yeah. You know what? We don't have a sound effect for guarantee, but we should. I just realized that for what I'm gonna, guarantee I'm gonna, for guarantees yeah. because guarantees are a thing. So okay. when when something is definitely gonna happen, and I can't tell you why, except I just know. Yeah. That's a guarantee, okay? <laughs> and we're gonna have to get like a boom done sound effect for that <laughs> because. That's that's a thing, okay? And that's a serious thing that we have to really take seriously. All right, okay. in the meantime. Makanki. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. <laughs> um, I like it. Guarantee. That's good. Right. Hashtag guarantee. I guarantee it. 
I guarantee <laughs> we'll get that mechanic character back in the crew to fill the space that Quill has left. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, uh, who directed this episode? Deborah Chow directed episode seven. Great job and again, then, yeah, Taika Waititi did the uh, episode eight. And did he ever? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> my God, episode eight. Okay. We're still doing episode seven, which... Um, man, if this, like episode seven and eight could be their own movie, like a short movie, but, Mm -hmm. uh, a really great movie, but that movie required the setup of the previous six episodes. And that is the beauty of long form storytelling. Okay. So we get the Mandalorian deciding he's going to go on this mission, but he's got to assemble his crew first. Right. Mm -hmm. So we get him going back to pick up Cara Dune. So we get the, the planet from episode four again. Yeah. And we revisit Cara Dune there, and now she's like making a living, like uh, bar fighting for yeah. money. It looks like, yeah. and we get we get some interesting technology there, uh, the, some like laser bar fight weapons. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to call the, them um, uh, the laser tether. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, interesting, cool, new, inv- inventive stuff happening yeah, here. Yeah. So I, I have to applaud it. Um, yeah. And she's uh, fighting a uh, creature from Darth Maul's. Uh, that's right. She looks like she's fighting Darth Maul's brother. Yeah. In the bar, yeah. and uh, that's pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, that's the second time we've seen a Darth Maulish character on this show. Uh, I noticed one on the, I believe it was the first episode. When he walked into the bar from Aarakocli, um, you know the the bar where he um, yeah yeah he the first the, bar the green yeah. guy whatever or the blue guy yeah. whatever he was yeah uh, I'm pretty sure there was a Darth Maul uh, species uh, I don't know what it's called so, right yeah non forcing so Cara Dune has a cute moment with Mando where she says no to him at first and then mm-hmm. he says we're going after an Imperial and she's like, okay, I'm in. So we get a little character from Cara Dune. She hates Imperial. Mm-hmm. She didn't just fight Imperials. She hates them. Yeah. Right. She will pick herself up from her comfy, quiet life in seclusion out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. uh, and, and jump on your spaceship with you and go and risk her life to murder an Imperial. Yeah. If you tell her where an Imperial is. So that's uh that tells you a lot about the character of Cara Dune. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like learning about her character through some some fun dialogue like that. Yep. <laughs> did 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 I sound polite there? Yeah. Um I don't I don't know if this was intentional, but I don't know if you noticed this, but I feel like uh I feel like um they threw this in here. But uh I feel like uh they're making Kara Dune's character LGBTQ, is it? Oh, why? What, what did you, so how did you catch that? Button? There's uh, one part where, you know, when she's collecting the monies and uh, she kind of, um, she kind of stops if like there's a, a woman that gives her money and she kind of like, like gives a little smile or whatever. I don't know. To me, it kind of felt like a nod to her being a lesbian. Okay, so that that's what I got from that. Anyway, um, I could be wrong. I, w- I could be wrong, but yeah, I don't know. I just kind of got that. I would like that if they did that. I wish mm. they did that with. I wish they did that with Poe and Finn. I, I, 
like yeah that's 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 a dead horse like, that's not coming back <laughs> it, i i know i know but i just i like disney has to make a stand and just say like this is not shocking anymore this is not subversive anymore yeah. you know this is what this is what human beings do mm-hmm. and it's it's okay for children to see human beings being human beings like yeah. i i really wish that it that it uh it wasn't a thing it yeah. wasn't a, a anyway yeah yeah Back to the review of Mandalorian yeah, chapter yeah, seven. <laughs> yeah. um, so let me go pick up Quill and we get the same deal. Quill says no first, of course, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out that IG-11 is alive, which is, of course, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so Quill, um, being the Ugnaught that he is, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, is a hell of a repairman and has probably fixed a few million droids in his life. Uh, and is also a salvager living out in the middle of the desert. So this makes total sense. After the Mandalorian leaves, he goes (laughs) and he, he salvages the battle scene Mm -hmm. and he salvages IG 11. Yeah. And he rebuilds him and reprograms him to be, uh, his like helper droid around the farm. And then he reprograms it to be a nurse droid to protect baby Yoda. Yeah. Uh, Love all of this. I love, of course, Taika Waititi's playing the character of IG-11. So mm. this character is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, he really pays off in Chapter 8. I'll tell you so that much. But here we are in Chapter 7, and we're just excited for this reveal. IG-11's back, and he's awesome. Just one quick little thing. Um, the reason why they <laughs> went to go pick up Quill was actually because uh, they said um, the part where uh, Baby Yoda overlistens to what they were saying and uh, remember when he did a little upside down, duck his head through the hole there. And then um, he, I feel like he was trying to turn the ship around. That's why he grabbed the controls because I guess he sensed a threat. That's what I feel that from that scene. I don't think he was playing. I think he okay. uh, was trying to turn the ship around. And then okay. she's like, oh, we need a babysitter for this thing. Do you know anyone? And then that's when they go to get Quill. Right. Just wanted to throw that in there real quick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's a cute scene, Baby Yoda steering yeah. the ship. Yeah. And, um, okay, I have theories about Baby Yoda later. Um, yeah, okay. But, uh, okay, IG Levitt's back. Yep. He's going to be the nurse droid. Quill's going to come. He's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I said I wasn't going to come, but I'm going to come. Yeah. I love um, that whole montage, too, of him being trained to. Uh, yeah, like we get another 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 great re-learning. Quill montage, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it was like a flashback to chapter one where we had the montage where he was training Mandalorian to ride the, <coughs> yes. the creature whose name I forget. Yeah. Um, um, we get another montage like that where he's training IG 11 to just use his body again and to function again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it is really great. This, this, this character is great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So from there, where do we go from there? Hold on. <clears throat> so, um, after that, we go to, after the montage, I'm actually, uh, watching the episode while we do this. Uh, will will insist that, that they bring the blurgs too. Yes. Which, is, uh, yeah. which was a cool thing, which kind of reminded me for some reason of Rise of Skywalker. Like, I don't know. They brought horses mm-hmm. to the final battle. Yeah. These guys brought blurgs in their spaceship to the other planet. Uh, it was fine. It was mm-hmm. fine. I don't have a complaint. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had no problems with that. I was actually surprised that they brought all three. I thought they were just bringing one. <laughs> right. Uh, then, but on... Uh, yeah. On the trip, 
we have this interesting little scene where Kara and the Mandalorian are arm wrestling to yes. pass the time. That's right. Baby Yoda thinks they're fighting. And like this scene really threw me for a loop. I feel like they changed the character of Baby Yoda here, right? Because mm-hmm. in episode four, when Mando and Kara Dune were really fighting, yeah. like possibly to the death, Baby Yoda knew nothing was wrong and just laughed at them or would, would like serve comic relief in that scene. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of that episode, Kara Dune saved his life. And I, I, you know, I had the feeling up until that, up until, up until this point that Baby Yoda was aware enough to understand that, that what, that was what happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but this scene kind of erases all that for me, right? Like Baby Yoda thinks Kara Dune is, is going to hurt Mandalorian because of their, arm wrestling and tries to force choke Cara Dune. I feel like, uh, it's because, uh, the, um, you can call him the child of baby Yoda, but I'm going to call him Kevin. Uh, okay. I, I feel it's because, uh, Kevin felt more of a bond now because, um, he's been with him for so long. So I guess he's starting to look at him as a father figure at this point. So I feel like that's why. So he, you don't think he did by by chapter four? Um, I think it was still relatively new at that point. Because remember, this is like, this is I guess what but, um, three episodes later too. So I guess he feels more of that bond with him now. Okay, but even with their bond, there's even he, does, little, he doesn't understand that Cara Dune's a friend, and this is not a no. no I, I get, it, but I I feel like. That's just them showing that he has Jedi powers again. Um, I, I think that, I the think, force choke. I think this was them trying to show us that that the child can go either way. That mm-hmm. whoever ra- whoever raises this child is going to be responsible for whether it becomes good or evil, light or dark. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, and, the, and and I think this gives away the plan because we find out in the next episode, basically, mm. that. I don't think this is a clone because his whole mission becomes to return the child to its own species. Yeah. So the show is going to become the search for Yoda's home planet, I think. Yeah. yeah. Basically is what it sounds like, which is a huge, I'm talking about chapter eight now, but yeah. that's a huge uh, thing for uh, Star Wars lore. If that's what this show is going to be about. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, maybe this is, uh, this is their way of, instead of doing that Yoda, um, standalone. They decided to go this route. Maybe that's why. Because <laughs> remember, they were talking about a Yoda well, standalone, yeah. right? Well, yeah. Well, George Lucas wanted, always wanted to do. He said, after I finish with this saga, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there are other Star Wars stories I would like to tell, like like Yoda's backstory. There are nine hundred years of Yoda backstories, yeah. um, and he and he wanted to make a Yoda movie, and that like you can imagine at that time. He was picturing a, a completely 100% CGI film. Yeah, and I and at that time I thought I really hope you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but yeah, maybe that would, maybe now I'd like to see it. Yeah, either that or it would be fully um, like a Muppet movie, right? With they were all yeah, but I I don't think like this was <laughs> this was prequel era George Lucas, man. Yeah, like, that's true. But he also did well. Yeah, he did include the Muppet character. Yeah, in the first one, freaked then, out. And yeah, I guess it didn't. I'll be honest. Uh, when he when he replaced it with the digital, I thought it worked out better. To tell you the truth, that's like one of the few cases that uh, um, that he like changed something in in one of his movies for the better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just felt like there were too many different 
versions of Yoda in the prequels. Like mm-hmm. Yoda kept changing to me in the prequels. And well, I he was looked just... weird in uh, in puppet form. I don't know. He just didn't look like he looked like yeah. A, a the puppets the, the puppets seem to look different in high yeah. def. Yeah, like yeah. in mo- in modern film. That's probably uh, what it was. Yeah. Like in the Last Jedi, the Yoda puppet was supposedly an exact re- recreation, and yeah, from that Return one, of the that, Jedi, right? That one looked weird too, right? Mm. But it didn't look as weird as the Yoda puppet in, in the Phantom Menace. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I actually, I, that's one of the things I actually appreciated when he when that right. went back and the reason that puppet, that puppet looks so different is because they tried to de-age him 50 years. Yes, yeah, um, and and, and it didn't work. Uh, I don't know. It worked for it me. Looked, I don't it looked know. silly. I don't know. I didn't appreciate the CGI Yoda. I didn't like how Yoda was walking sometimes and then floating on a hover thing sometimes, just like Baby Yoda. Yeah, yeah. actually, I wish yeah. Baby Yoda was always in the hover thing. Um, I and or I with him walking. I think he has a cute little walk. He's too little to be walking like that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I um, like I like it when he walks sometimes. I think it's I think it's adorable. But anyways, okay. so anyway, Mando <laughs> stops. Mando stops Baby Yoda from killing Cara Dune with a yeah. force choke. Yeah. <coughs> Cara Dune She's my friend. Disturbed. She's my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's all kinds of tension between Mando and IG-11. Mando does not trust IG-11. Mando yeah. does not trust droids. Yeah. It has been a main theme of this show. Yeah. And you can imagine now that this droid is trying to be put in, that Quill is trying to put this droid in charge of Baby Yoda's protection. Yeah. Mando is kind of tense about that. Yeah. So that there's a great drama created uh, throughout this episode mm-hmm. by that. And again, the IG-11 character is so good. It is all great. Quill is so good. It is all great. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there we go back to, uh, the, I think it's the original planet from the show. It's the yeah. planet that, that, that the guild a was or, on. Yeah. Well, it starts with an A if I remember correctly. Uh, we should know the name of the planet, but yeah, we don't. We totally should. Um, <laughs> should have made, made known that. But it's the planet where <laughs> the Mandalorian's covert was located mm-hmm. <clears throat> earlier in the season. Uh, Grief Krag is waiting to meet him there out in the wilderness with, a couple of bounty hunter guards mm-hmm. um and they're like okay we're gonna meet here and then we're gonna go on foot for some reason uh all the way to meet the client yeah and then we're gonna kill him. yeah and we're gonna pretend like we're giving him baby yoda and then once we're close enough to kill him we just kill him and fight our way out that's the whole plan yeah um because there's only so, supposed to be four guards right uh, so we don't know if we trust Grief Karga, no. obviously. Uh, last time we saw him, we definitely couldn't. Um, and you know what? I, I hope you're not going to call me racist again, but oh. I'm getting, I'm get, I just get these Lando vibes all the time from Grief Karga, right? Like, <laughs> no, he does, he does give off a he's, Lando vibe. He's, the, he's he, the, the swashbuckler, flashy. Yeah, you just don't know if you can trust him, right? You don't know if you can trust him. He's yeah. always on the make. He's always got a plan, but you don't know if he's, if you're in on his plan or not. Yeah. Right? Um, <clears throat> Love the character though. I love it. It's, it's so Star Wars to me because it reminds me of Lando. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I we we should talk about Jana though. Uh, I don't remember if we talked about it on the show. Um, maybe later. Talk about the whole the, the whole thing it, where it was revealed that in the Rise of Skywalker, it, Jana was supposed to be Lando's daughter. Oh yeah, yeah. But they but they cut it out or they ended up changing it at the last at the last minute. Mm-hmm. But that scene at the end, yeah. where Lando and Jana talk, yeah. Um, that is indicating to us what we suspected that yeah, that, that Janet Janet <laughs> is Lando's daughter. Yeah. Um, 
and you thought that was racist. Um, uh, Steve I thought was, that I didn't say it was Steve, racist. <laughs> Steve thought it was racist when yeah. I said it to him. No, I, I thought I thought it was racist. Okay, yeah. I did, but I also knew it was going to happen and wanted it it's, to happen. Thought thought it was fun. The the part that uh, I think is racist is the fact that every time there's a black character on the screen, everyone's like, no, really? they're related to Orlando. Exactly. <laughs> right, but no, no I didn't. Well, honestly, I didn't, dude. Because I got the dude. I got the same vibe, and it's funny because uh, after we recorded, we we did record uh, the Rise of Skywalker review, and you said um, that you think it's going to be a Disney Plus show. Anyways, one of my buddies on Facebook actually messaged me and said the exact same thing, and I was obviously, like, "It's obviously yeah, set up to be a Disney Plus show." I don't, but the thing is, and this is why I said to uh, to him is, I feel like Lando, uh, well, not Lando, but Billy D. Williams is too old. Okay, to, no. Okay, but check show. this. Keep Hold this on, brother. hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Uh, okay. I think he's too old to do to do like another like to do an actual show, but I feel yeah. like they would spin it off in a comic book or in a book. That's no, how dude. that's how I think they would no. do it. Oh, peep this my brother. Okay, go for it. <laughs> this is what they're going to do. Go for it. Hit me. They're going to make Solo 2 happen. Okay. And half of the Lando show is going to be flashbacks. To Corey Glover's Lando, that would be awesome. You know what? If they did it that way, you know what? And then, and then you can bring in Daenerys's character. Yeah. yeah. And you, you can even bring in Haunt. You can have fucking Chewbacca on the fucking show. Yeah. You know and what? you can I, bring be... in Darth Maul. You can cross it over with the Darth Maul show that has been confirmed. Yeah. There is a Darth Maul Disney Plus show coming. Yeah. These can cross over. Yeah. You know what? Are if, you kidding? I, okay. Uh, I will say, uh, if they did it that way, dope. I, I'm on board. Right. But make if, solo two happen on yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. But I think if they went the route where Lando now is running around the universe trying to figure out like who she is. They do both because right? they give the backstory of her being born. Of yeah, her yeah. being conceived. No, no. I get I get with, that. With I get that. Corey Glover. Yeah. Come on, it's great. I get that. And I agree. Yeah, no, I wrote I, that the would best be show ever. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That would be that would be dope. So um, he's, he's he's having sex with his robot. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, he doesn't have the robot anymore, right? No, but it's a prequel, so it could be any time. Yeah. It's a flashback, anytime. Yeah, I suppose. All right, we. Uh, oh, we... you got to tell me that Jenna was conceived on the Millennium Falcon. Come on, <laughs> it has to happen. Like yeah. with the the cape room door open in the background, like it's gotta it's gotta be right there on a right? cape on a on a really good cape. Yeah, like. Yeah, like uh, like he was trying on capes before he went out that night. He left he left them all in the bed, and then when he brought when he brought Jenna's mom back to the bed, he like laid her down on on his pile of capes. And that's and that's where Jenna Solo was, or Cal. Oh my god, that's where Jenna was conceived. Cal- yeah, all right, fair enough. No, what I wanted to say about the awful racism of all of this is that, yeah. like, if you want to like if you want it dispelled, whether it's racism or not, ask yourself. Are black people treated the same as Mon Calamari in Star Wars? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Like, we've only seen two actual Mon Calamari characters, and they had to be related. Right. Right? Right, right, right. Every time we see a black person, there's so few of them, they're treated like an alien race. Like, they got to be connected if there's was, another black person. Was the Mon Calamari right. in um, uh, Rogue One related to... Um, oh, was there a Mon yeah, they yes, were. yes, they were related. Yes, were they related? He was, he was Admiral Akbar's like cousin or some shit. I oh, think. Was I'm he? pretty sure. 
Okay. I'm not 100% of that, but I'm pretty sure I read that. Okay. No, I I didn't know if they were related or not. I just assumed he was I another Mount Mon Calamari. Anyway, they're treated like an alien race. Yeah. Don't you think? I shouldn't even say they. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean, those people? Black people <laughs> in Star Wars yeah. are treated like an alien race by Star Wars writers. Mm. And it is some kind of inherent racism in star Wars Mm -hmm. that is evil, but I keep supporting because I think it's fun that Jana is Lando's daughter and it's a secret. And we're going to find out. There was another black guy in, um, in return of the Jedi and he wasn't related to Lando Calrissian. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Remember in Jabba's palace, how he had like a bunch of guards, whatever. Um, one of them was a black dude. Are you sure you're not just thinking of Lando? No, it wasn't Lando. It was a it was a natural black dude. It was a big black really? dude. And he was like wearing. I do not remember that at all. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll look it up afterwards. Okay. Um, I, next I, time I, I see Return of the Jedi, I'm going to be watching for <laughs> for the other brother. Yeah, I noticed these things. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I'm and sorry. I'm, like, I you, you don't a, think of there was a, a there, well, there was a brown dude on Bespin, right? <laughs> The fridge, uh, the um, the ice bucket guy, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure there was other black people on Bespin, and they weren't necessarily Lando's kids. <laughs> right? Yeah, so. but 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 Bespin was like the introduction of black people to Star Wars, right? It was like <laughs> true, like Cloud City was like Detroit, or in... <laughs> I can't believe you went there. <laughs> was that wrong? <laughs> oh shit! I get puke. I'm sorry. Best man was the train. Best man, Rock City. <laughs> oh shit! Like, like Detroit in in its more um, booming years, <laughs> yeah. or its more successful years. Oh man, kind of I'm crying. Okay. <laughs> we really moved. Uh, we really uh, lost this episode. So let's let's okay. jump back. So okay. they're they're on that uh, that um, that planet, which I'm convinced starts with an A. I'm just drawing a blank on. And they're riding the Blurgs. Yeah, and they and they meet up with Grief Cargan <laughs> and his his lackeys. Yep. And um, you know we don't know if we trust him. No. But we go for walk. We go for a walk with him um, to the client. And uh, then we get a weird scene. This reminded me of Rise of Skywalker again, too. Okay. Uh, remember the part in Rise of Skywalker where, and we didn't even talk about this, like all the things that that I said wrong about Rise of Skywalker in our previous episode. Mm-hmm. I wanted to I wanted to correct a bunch of them, but I'm not going to do it now. Um, we'll do it another time. We'll save um, it for the OTOG. But the scene where Poe and Finn were captured by the First Order, and then they were going to be executed. Yep. Um, they could have been. They, they they should have been. They didn't do anything to, to stop themselves from being executed. And they, like, if if Hux hadn't been the spy, they would mm-hmm. be dead. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, same thing in this scene where Grief Karga surprisingly pulls out his gun and shoots his two bounty hunter guards who are yeah. standing behind the Mandalorian and Cara Dune, mm-hmm. he could have easily shot the Mandalorian and Cara Dune and they didn't flinch. They didn't, they hadn't, he was so fast. They were completely surprised. 
they they would be dead yep. if grief if Greek Krager wanted them to be. <clears throat> yep. Um. Uh. So that says it says a lot, I guess, about the character of Grief Krager and how badass he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting choice uh, for to me to to do that, but yeah, there you go. But you skipped over, you skipped over a huge, huge important part. What did and, I skip? Uh, that was the part when uh, they were we had they were sitting around the fire and those uh, those big bird things, whatever they were. Oh yeah, this this giant like velociraptor flying bird bird creatures uh, attack them, and it was such a cool scene. Yes, and I and earlier when I complained about how we weren't getting the level of CGI that I was expecting, the cinematic level of CGI that I was expecting. Wow, this scene. Yeah. Uh, this was Game of Thrones level uh, CGI. This was uh, fantastic. These creatures. Uh, They carried off one of the blurgs. Yep. They carried off one of the uh, his lackeys too. Um, yeah, um, the guy with the bad helmet. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of oh, what was that space Vin Diesel movie where oh, it's yeah, yeah. dark planet? They get attacked by the bird creatures. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, fuck, something the Riddick movie. Um, yeah, the first Riddick movie, right? Yeah. What was it called again? Uh, uh, dark. Something about- Something. Dark something. Yeah, dark's in the title. Oh my god, why am I not remember this? Guy who sees in the dark. Yeah, the movie, which um, actually was was one of his cooler characters. To tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was a cool movie. Yeah, I'm not. I sh- I'm not. I'm not ripping on it. Um, but that was a cool scene. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, those creatures, they fought them off, and it was fun. Um, and Mandalorian used his flamethrower on one of them, of course, because he flamethrows everything. Yeah. Good times. Um, Grief Karga gets injured. Yeah. How does that happen? Pitch black. He gets injured by the creature. Right, right, right. He gets clawed. So this is where we get the baby Yoda's. This is the setup for Rise of Skywalker and the force healing trick. Yeah. Um, It was called Pitch Black, by the way. Right. Pitch Black was the movie. Right, right, right. right. Good movie. Um, Fun, anyway. um, So uh, in order for everybody not to scream and pull their hair out and jump up and down and cry when Ray. <clears throat> heals. heals heals Kylo Ren in Rise of Skywalker. More importantly, um, the snake creature because she heals that first. Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> we see Baby Yoda do it before Ray does it yeah. on this episode of The Mandalorian, and to me, this is the reason why this episode was moved before Rise of Skywalker, yeah. specifically to stop you bitches online. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean females; I mean yeah. people who bitch. Yeah. Some, uh, some men are bitches too. Yep. Crying about <laughs> about Ray force healing people. Yep. They should they, they had to show you Baby Yoda doing it first. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Uh, Baby Yoda heals Grief Karga's claw wound um, and uh, is cool and and it looks exactly the same as when Ray does it in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, you know, this is like Grief Karga is now going to be on Baby Yoda's side, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the this was the the thing, right? This mm-hmm. was the. Like this, uh, okay, I see why you guys want to save this thing now. Uh, so Baby Yoda's basic, uh, like, his protection ring is growing mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Grief Karga, who we know is a badass, uh, is now officially on their side because Baby Yoda heals him. Yeah. Right? And then it's after that we get the scene where he kills his bounty hunter guards. Yeah, and tells them the real plan. He tells them the real plan was to kill you and give them the and give them and the give baby. Give them the baby, yeah. Um, but you know, uh, you guys changed my mind. So, um, what happens here is they decide to go without baby Yoda and they send Quill back with baby Yoda on Blurg yep. 
He's writing a blurg. That's very important. Um, and uh, Mando and Kara and Grief Karga, they take the baby's flying pram with them, pretending they're bringing the baby uh, back to the Imperials in town. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we get to town and we um, find out that there are more than four Imperials in town. Yeah. There are hundreds of t- Imperials in town. The town mm-hmm. is swarming with Imperials, including two biker scouts guarding the entrance. Yeah. Two biker scouts who become very <laughs> important characters yeah. in the story yeah. later on. Yeah. Um, and then the meeting happens. And uh, we get uh, the final scene with Werner Herzog. Mm-hmm. And it is final because he does not survive this scene. No. Um, Do you want me to uh, play the clip? But I, I wanted to play this fantastic Werner Herzog speech because in this scene we get, we see, we get some great Star Wars lore. Mm-hmm. And this character is such a great Imperial character. Yeah. Like he's such a true Nazi. Like... Like this guy uh, is right up there uh, in Star Wars uh, hierarchy for me of great characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, this oh, yeah. speech, this speech, I love. So let's play it. All right. Let's enjoy it. The scene, the whole scene. Yep. It is a shame that your people suffered so. Just as in this situation, it was all avoidable. Why? Did Mandalore resist our expansion? The Empire improves every system it touches, judged by any metric. Safety, prosperity, trade, opportunity, peace. Compare Imperial rule to what is happening now. Look outside. Is the world more peaceful? Since the revolution, I see nothing but death and chaos. The revolution was returned. I would like to see the baby. Ah, it is asleep. We all. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, What a great character! What a great character! And and I love his voice. He has a great yeah. voice. Um, and, and, and the emotion, the real indignation mm-hmm. that he portrays at the fact that Mandalore resisted occupation by the Empire. Mm-hmm. And, and his real belief that the purge of Mandalore, basically the slaughter of Mandalore by the Empire and the, and the robbing of Mandalore of all of their resources, was brought about by the Mandalorian's refusal to submit to Imperial rule. Like this character is so perfect in this writing. This speech is so spot on. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Yeah. This guy was um, on Game of Thrones, you said, right? Uh, Werner Herzog. Where's he from? Uh, I'm not sure if he was on Game of Thrones. He's a famous director. He's, oh, uh, is he? oh, okay. he's been in many, many things. Um, but uh, I don't know if he was in Game of Thrones, actually. He okay, been, for some reason I thought uh, he was, too. Because I know um, the other guy, Moth... Uh, what's his name? Moth uh, Griga? Was it Griga? I'm drawing a blank now. Uh, Moth Gideon? Moth Gideon. Moth Gideon. Him. Because uh, yeah. he was on Game of Thrones, right? He's from Breaking Bad. Oh, I thought he was on Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, I don't believe he was on Game of Thrones. No, the Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal, was, was on, on Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um 
uh, we're going to get to Moff Gideon very soon because uh, he is the new fantastic character to <laughs> step up and take take Warner Herzog's place. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I like him as much, but um, he's great too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Gene Carlo Esposito, I actually got his autograph at a uh, at a at a at a Comic Con because oh my god, he was the reason I loved Breaking Bad so much as I did. Like it was always a great show, but his episodes were so, oh so great. Okay. So so great! It was like a whole other show when when Giancarlo Esposito was the focus of the episode on Breaking Bad. Okay. Uh, he was, in my opinion, I told him to his face. I told him his his character on there, Gus Fring, was to me the greatest television his uh, villain in history in history, hmm. um, and and even more so than uh, Heisenberg on Breaking Bad uh, mm-hmm. by a long by a long shot. But um, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this scene goes, uh, you know, Werner Herzog tries to look in the pram, but there's nothing in the pram. So we're getting nervous. Oh my God, what's going to happen? And then, um, the whole place gets besieged, uh, by, uh, this, uh, new character who we've been expecting because he's been in the trailers since day one. Um, Giancarlo Esposito's, uh, Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Moff Gideon has a platoon of, Troops, including these black death troopers, mm-hmm. outside the cantina or where they are having their meeting. Uh, yes, they must be related <laughs> to Lando because they're they're black. Very good. That's <laughs> that's racist. Uh, shit. Anyways, go on. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, while this is going on, mm-hmm. we see the biker scouts. Um. Yeah, ta- start tailing yeah. uh, Baby Yoda and they uh, they, quill um, they overhear the, the train the, uh, the the call to Quill to get right. the to get the kid to the to the plane and, or to the ship and get the fuck out of here right. basically right so Quill the, uh, Quill on his slow blurg yeah is being chased by two biker scouts yeah uh, and he's trying to make it back to the Razor Crest before they catch him. Mm-hmm. Very tense stuff here going on. Um, Moff, oh, Gideon, Moff. Oh my God! There's something I have to bring up real quick. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. But remember when the stormtroopers came in on that uh, on, in that vehicle and they all came running off? Straight, straight, straight from the 1970s toy line, the uh, stormtrooper carrier. Really? Yeah. Never used no, in a I film. Uh, I believe it was used in the cartoon, but that, 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 that thing that they jump off of, I'm pretty sure I can't remember if it was an empire strikes back toy, but I feel like it was a new hope toy and, that's uh, it's straight so from cool. the, straight from the toys. That's and a yeah, cool yeah, yeah. It was, oh, it was amazing Easter egg. And it's funny because when, as soon as I saw it, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Recognized awesome. it right away. So, um, yeah, I just wanted cool. to throw that in there. Very cool toy Easter egg. Yeah. Um, so Moff Gideon uh, is outside with his whole platoon, and he and he calls uh, he calls the client Werner Herzog on the hollow phone, and uh, he's like, "What's going on in there?" And Moff Gideon's like, "Oh, they're here. They brought the baby. We have the baby." And Moff Gideon's like, "No, you don't." And then because Moff Gideon knows that the baby is being chased through the desert by the biker scouts right now, mm-hmm. um, so he knows that something that Werner Herzog doesn't know. And he shows his absolute disdain and I guess his absolute leveling up in boss power mm-hmm. 
because he has his troops open fire and he kills Winter Herzog. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other mm-hmm. uh, stormtroopers who are in the bar uh, all die too. Yeah. Um, so now uh, we're in a Mexican standoff yeah. uh, and um, it's our heroes <clears throat> it's inside the bar yeah. and uh, Moff Gideon and his platoon outside. I just want to point out real quick, when Moff Gideon flies in in his TIE fighter. His and... TIE fighter is extremely advanced. Yes. It's the most the most advanced TIE fighter we've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it's probably got like a, a sauna, jacuzzi in there somewhere. <laughs> it's definitely got like, I don't know, like a, like a rotating circular bed uh, <laughs> with like a disco but... ball overhead. Um, but I you absolutely... could definitely... You could live in this TIE fighter, it yeah. looks like. But I absolutely sure. love when he lands and the the wings fold The wings in. fold. Oh, my God. Because as a almost, kid. Almost like an X-Wing. Yeah. Like, as a kid, I remember um, you would think, you, you, you look at these TIE fighters and like, how the fuck do they get in and out of that thing? <laughs> this right. just like. Ladders. Yeah, they use ladders. Well, they use yeah. ladders, but. When you're when you're a kid and you have this toy, right? Yeah, you don't yeah, really yeah. think of that because you're like yep. picking up the guy and throwing him in the top. Yep. Now I look at this and I'm like, dude, that's fucking awesome! It's so much easier to get in and out. <laughs> I you fucking love this. I, I have a Tie Fighter toy right now that mm-hmm. my that Lucas that Lucas plays with, yeah. and the thing drives me so crazy because the wings just pop right off no matter what you do, oh, yeah. like no matter what you try, like the wings just go poosh, 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 off all the time. And it's just like it's frustrating. Yeah. But um, Moff Gideon's Tie Fighter is badass. It's got wings that fold. It looks like it's got hyperdrive and whatever the fuck else you want on there. Um, yeah. It's um, another. You know, it's. I don't know if it's as cool as Kylo Ren's Tie Fighter, but uh, it's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's it, it's going to be a cool toy. I'm sure. Um, yeah. All all the cool kids are going to want that Tie Fighter. Yeah, I'm one of them. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so we got all these troopers aiming their guns at our heroes, mm-hmm. and we got Quill being chased through the desert. He's almost at the loading dock of the Razor Crest when two biker scouts come up behind him and kill him. Yeah, we don't see the kill. We don't see. We see a smoking quill lying dead on the ground, and we see Baby Yoda lying on the ground in a sack, and we see a speeder bike fly by and grab him yeah. and take him off. Yeah. And this is how the episode ends. It's a terrible, shocking cliffhanger. Quill was a beloved character. It's a tragic character um, because you know all he wanted was to live peacefully on his planet in his valley. Yeah. You know he told the Mandalorian, "I don't want to be involved. I don't want to serve anybody. I just want to live in peace." Thank you for for making my village peaceful again, my valley peaceful again, so I can live in peace like I've always wanted. Yeah. And he makes this decision to go against all of that. To help the Mandalorian mm-hmm. and Baby Yoda, and he pays for it with his life. Yeah. I think this is fantastic storytelling. Yeah. I love this. This is not on the level of the death of Ned Stark, but this is that kind of storytelling. The stakes are high. Mm-hmm. You will fall in love with characters, and you might lose them. Mm-hmm. You might lose characters you love on this show, and that is... <clears throat> grown-up storytelling that is mature storytelling that is what i want even though i don't want quill to die um 
uh, it raises the stakes of this whole thing. It makes this a better story, in my opinion. Yep, I agree. Uh, I I honestly thought he wasn't going to be dead. I honestly thought episode eight we were going to like find him like lying in a back on a back to bed or something, mm-hmm. right? Or, or like IG eleven was going to med pack him or something. Mm-hmm. Um, no. no, Quill is dead. No, he the character is gone. Terminated. As... The character that we love is gone. Mm-hmm. Much like uh, Rogue One, where at the end I was very sad because I had all these new characters that I liked that all died, and yeah. the, I wasn't going to get more stories with them. If you want more Quill stories, they're going to be backstories. But we are getting more stories with. Oh, are we? Yeah, Cassian Endor. Remember, um, we're getting oh, Cassian Endor. Story. Sure, with Cassian, right? I right? thought you meant Quill. No, no, sorry. You said you, you no, mentioned. Rogue you're right. One. Yeah, you're right. The Cassian Endor <clears throat> series. I'm very, I'm very excited about after yeah. Rogue One. I said that movie was great, but I wish that movie had been a 10 episode series Mm -hmm. because I I want more time with all of those characters. And I think they heard me because you could have all of the characters except for her in that, in that show. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, Maybe you could, could you even have her? You could have like a cameo by her. uh, Yeah. But they couldn't cross paths because that was the first time they met. Right. Right. Yeah. But, um, Wasn't gonna say, but you could have be, all of the rest of them. You could have uh, Chirrut uh, and um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. It's not Bane. It starts with a B. Um, but yeah, the two uh, the, the two Asian characters essentially. Um, uh, if they brought them back, I think that'd be freaking gold because I that's there there were two characters I found the most interesting out of all of them. I loved those characters. Yeah. Yeah. And they could have had their own series. Like they could have had their own series of adventures, like even on Jetta. Like mm-hmm. even in, the, in their life on Jetta, they were exactly, obviously exactly what they were. They were fighters. They were warriors. They yeah. obviously had some kind Protectors. of stories to tell, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you could do a whole series with them. It would be great. Why not? Go mm-hmm. ahead, do it. And there's another character that I'm thinking of from that movie whose name I can't call to mind right now. Uh, what's not K two S O. K two S O. Yeah, more of that. Definitely, yeah. we're well, going to get on the. He's going to be on the uh, Cassian Endor show. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm thinking of the Rebel dude. Um, oh, you're not talking about the pilot, are you? No, yeah, him too. But no, yeah. I was thinking somebody else. Um, Saul Guerrero. Yes, Saul Guerrero. Uh, not related to Lando Calrissian no. that we know of. That's right. In any in any way, um, but uh, you could have a whole series following that guy and mm-hmm. his crew. Right. He has made appearances on Rebels and I believe Clone yes. Wars. Right. So, because um, that's where he essentially came from. But yeah, no, totally good. But a lot of great characters there, undermined, underused, yeah. and the, the Cassian Andor series can fix all of that, mm-hmm. which I love. Okay. Yeah. So we've come to the end of we come to the end of chapter seven, yeah. and um, you know it was a crazy fun chapter. Like we we got the we got the gang back together, right? Yeah. It's the Blues Brothers, yeah. And uh, from and then we and then we and then we lost a dear friend. So we went we went on a roller coaster ride in this episode, yeah. Um, and uh, it's great. It's a it's a really great part one of the of the two part finale of the show. And uh, to me, uh, it's a nine out of ten. Yeah. It's great Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, you know the stormtroopers are fantastic. The fights were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the like the stuff like the 
uh, like the new TIE fighter, yeah. fantastic. The speeder bikes uh, in the desert oh, were God. way better than we saw in the previous episode. Yeah. They were great. Yeah. Um, yeah, 9 out of 10 for this episode. I loved it. I'm with you. 9 out of 10. Boom! <laughs> so chapter 8. Um, chapter 8. Is something that I was super excited about because this one is directed by Taika Waititi. Yep. And holy shit, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Like, I'm giggling. I'm giggling. Yeah. This episode is so mm-hmm. great. Absolutely. And as I said to you, the first, uh, like, the opening, the first two, three minutes, whatever it is, five minutes, it, to me, is like the greatest thing ever in Star Wars history. Like, I absolutely okay. loved it. I love it, too. I, I, I'm going to argue that there's a, I'm going to argue that there's a, a better part later in the episode. Yeah, okay. Um, but I love the opening, too, so oh, let's talk about absolutely, it. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you want me to play it? Uh, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. uh, the Biker Scouts. Yeah. The Biker Scouts that we, that we, that just killed our hero, our, our beloved Quill, and snatched <clears throat> baby, and snatched our baby Yoda. Yeah. That's who we start with. Yeah. Speeder bikes have arrived at the checkpoint with the asset waiting confirmation. Knock it off. <laughs> waiting for confirmation to continue into town. Uh, that's a go to proceed, but I advise you to double check. The moth just touched down and already took out a squad of local troopers. Standing by. <laughs> Standing by. Did he just say that Gideon killed his own men? Oh, who knows? These guys like to lay down the law when they first arrive in a town, you know. You know how it is. The great Jason Sudeikis. Shut up. Eating on Baby Yoda. What is that thing, anyway? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Moth wants to eat it. I don't ask questions. Can I see it? Did you not just hear that Moth Gideon killed a dozen of his own troopers just to make a point? Okay. I get that point. Do you get the point? Yes, I get the point. Okay. They're target practicing. Yeah. They're missing every shot. Yeah. <laughs> they do the stormtrooper joke over and over again. I love it. Yeah. Stormtroopers miss every shot. offer that thing some water you just want to look at it so what you got to see it barely i mean i grabbed it up off the ground and i stuffed it in the sack it's more than i got to see it look i'm not taking it out of this bag until i deliver it to the mall fine okay stop asking check on this thing this is crazy any update yet that's a negative still waiting on confirmation just killed an officer for interrupting him, so this might take a while. <laughs> Thank you. Standing by still. Great. Unbelievable. It's just like robot chicken dialogue. That's what I'm hey, saying. How long has it been since that thing moved? I don't know, like a minute or two. Don't worry. Uh, it's been way longer than a minute. Oh, my God. Uh, shouldn't we check and see if it's still alive? You hit it pretty hard. You just want to see it. Well, we should check and see if it's hurt. Uh, the last thing that you want is to give Gideon a bag and have him open it up and find whatever is okay, left. Okay, look. Here you go. See? Take a peek. Everything's fine. What is that? I don't know. It's a pet or something. A pet? Ow! Baby Yoda bites the stormtrooper. <laughs> You're right. And he punches, <laughs> and he punches it really hard. Yeah. Identify yourself. 
Okay. And the IG-11 comes in. And then IG-11 arrives, and <laughs> like some some of the most serious badassness I've ever seen ensues. Um, IG-11 rescues Baby Yoda, kills these two guys, jumps on one of their speeder bikes with yeah. Baby Yoda on his back, and then drives through the town and kills every stormtrooper <laughs> on speeder bike yeah. back. Yeah. It is the most fantastic Star Wars action scene, so good. live action scene. Kev, can you think of a scene like this? Nothing. A guy like first of all, IG Eleven, who's the greatest live action Star Wars like uh, creation I've ever seen in combat. He's yeah. fantastic, oh, yeah. flying on a speeder bike full speed yeah. through a fully populated town yeah. full of stormtroopers, shooting them all as he's flying through. Yeah. It looks fantastic it looks as good as anything in any of the movies yeah it is so fun loved it this might be my my favorite star wars action scene yeah like i okay it's not it's it's not duel of the fates fine yeah but uh my favorite speeder bike action scene yeah oh yeah yeah like this is an amazing scene oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) So uh, it's funny. So um, apparently, as as you know, as you said, Jay, Jason Sudeikis is, is in yeah. that scene, whatever, right? The, the dialogue, fantastic. Yeah. And, and finally, stormtroopers as real characters. They're yeah. not just repeating like two lines, like, yeah. "Oh, did you get, did you get the new T thirteen hundred model?" Oh, yeah. I prefer I prefer the. You know, they they always just have stupid throwaway lines. Yeah. No, these are real characters yeah. no, having real dialogue absolutely. Absolutely in a real loved scene. That. Loved it. Love it. Love it. So. Um, Jason Sudeikis used to be, I guess, part of Second City. Mm-hmm. So Second City, um, and, <laughs> they, Saturday, and, Saturday, and Saturday Night Live, uh, Saturday Night Live. and Saturday Night. But uh, Second City, like he was part of, like I guess, a comedy troupe there. And they uh, they made a tweet earlier. Uh, I'm not sure if it was today or yesterday, but um, I thought it was really funny. And I'm just gonna read it to you real quick. And it's uh, the Second City does not condone the punching of Baby Yoda by alumna, alumni uh, Jason Sudeikis. Please respect our privacy during this official, this difficult time. <laughs> Hashtag Mandalorian. That's hilarious. How good is that? that? <laughs> no, they really punch Baby Yoda. Yeah. And it's really, it's really, it's really violent and shocking. Yeah. And, and the fact that they're doing it in like a humorous way, it really feels like a Quentin Tarantino scene to me. Right. Like, like we did say Robot Chicken, the dialogue a little bit, but yeah, the yeah. fact that the fact that there's this shocking violence in it with yeah. Baby Yoda at the yeah. same time, so good. It felt like Quentin. It felt like Quentin wrote the scene to me. Yeah, yeah. And it's so it's so great. It's so fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. Yeah, and then it's, it's followed time. up. It's followed up by one of the most fantastic Star Wars action sequences I've ever seen. Yeah. And then we return to our heroes uh, because their Mexican standoff with Moff Gideon is interrupted (laughs) by IG-11, basically. Um, uh, The heat is being turned up on our heroes because uh, Moff Gideon's troopers bring a heavy repeating blaster in and point it at the bar. And basically, this is a gun powerful enough to melt the entire bar. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they can't survive this assault, and it looks very dire for them. Yeah. Um and IG Eleven kind of shows up at the right time. Yeah. Uh, and it's all fantastic. Yeah. And Taika Waititi's direction throughout it is outstanding. Oh yeah. Um, Cara Dune, we get uh, you know, we get useful information from her character here, right? Yeah, like we, she, get, we get full information from all three, actually. Yeah, because we also House. get um, 
the Mandalorian's real name. Right. Okay. Uh, great uh, um, dramatic reveals by Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. Um, he reveals that he knows the background of each of these characters. He gives the Mandalorian's real name, Din Djarin. Uh, he knows Cara Dune's rank and serial number and history. And uh, same thing with Grief Karga. And he appeals to all of their backstories in his uh, threats to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is all the more threatening because, you know, all three of these people are like, how do you know me? Like, yeah. it's uh, very intimidating, this trash talk mm-hmm. from Moff Gideon. Yeah. Um, I, this fight scene that, that ensues, like, I knew one of them was going to, one of our heroes was going to jump aboard the heavy repeating blaster, but I felt like it had to be Kara mm. and it wasn't, it was Mando. Yeah. And I felt like, well, Kara already has like a repeating blaster as her side, as her main weapon, mm-hmm. but to give Mando the bigger gun, she's the heavy gunner. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just seemed wrong. It seemed, it seemed like, like Kara would have like done every, anything in her power to get to that giant gun. Well, this right? is the second time we've seen him with a heavy yeah. gunner. And I, I know, that. I know. And that's another reason why it felt like a weird choice to me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know we do callbacks here, but that's a big heavy gun and Kara's the heavy gunner. I don't know. Anyway. Well, I guess um, uh, because of the outcome of uh, him wielding that thing was why he was on it, right? Yeah. Because without that, without that whole uh, sequence, we wouldn't have um, re- he wouldn't sure. revealed his face and all that stuff, right? Sure. So, <laughs> so. Be- because he's on the big gun, Moff Gideon, he's a big target for Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. Moff-, Moff Gideon shoots the power generator for the gun, blows it up, and severely injures uh, Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, which becomes dramatically very important. But in here, we get something very hugely important to the series. The culmination of the Mandalorian's flashback to his origin story. That's right. Um, the complete, the, death- the complete flashback. Yes, right. and look, I want to say I told you so to the yeah. entire fucking internet, Kevin. <laughs> do, do you remember me saying this? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember, do you remember yeah, me saying it was going to be a Mandalorian? And it was going. To, it's the guess, whole point of the show. Yeah, exactly. Because he was a foundling. Um, but yes. I, I, my prediction was it was going to be a famous Mandalorian, and I said Sabine. Yes. So, uh, which I thought, which I thought was, which was believable, yeah. but you know, we get something in that neighborhood later on, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, it was just a Mandalorian, just any Mandalorian, just a guy in a Mandalorian suit who in that moment looks like such a heroic savior, like a knight in shining armor here to rescue you. Yeah. And he takes uh, the child, the Mandalorian child, out of the garbage bin. He puts him on his shoulder, and he flies away with him. Yeah. And the child has this sense of wonder of being carried away from danger mm-hmm. by this knight in shining armor. And it is a fantastic origin story, right? Like this is why he is so fervently a follower of the Mandalorian creed. Yeah. Like this moment would imprint on you, like massively and it was a beautiful scene yeah and um in this scene we see all of the mandalorians fighting like we see a bunch of mandalorians fighting uh clone uh not clone troopers uh battle droids Mm -hmm. uh, in the clone wars um and i want to say that they look so much better in this scene than they did in the previous scene where we got all the mandalorians flying around and fighting Mm -hmm. i thought taika watiti like knew how to shoot them 
like so much better. <laughs> they right. looked they looked amazing in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, really super enjoyed that battle scene, seeing all the Mandalorians in action there in that flashback scene. Yeah. Um, and the final completion. And I told you so, Internet. You said it was going to be Yoda. You said it was going to be Obi-Wan Kenobi and clone trooper armor. I, I, uh, the whole point of the show is the Mandalorians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's what we got. And it was, it was fantastic. Um, but, did we, uh, did we skip over the part where he said, um, you're from Mandalore. Um, right. right. You're a Mandalorian or whatever. And he's like, Mandalorian's not a race. It's a creed. Right. Right. And I, I want, I did want to mention that too. Yeah. Because in the previous episode, like we know Mandalore is a planet. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mandalore is a planet. Yeah. Therefore, Mandalorian is a race. Yeah. Right. But for him, it's because he's a foundling. That's why, that's why he said that line. Right. But the line is, the line is Mandalorian's not a race. It's a creed. Yeah. I think the line should be Mandalorian is a race, but it's also a creed. Right. Don't you think? But right. It just seems, it just seemed like just weirdly confusing to me. Are you saying there is no race from Mandalore? The planet Mandalore? Like I, I, it's confusing. I don't know. I kind of felt the reason why he said that is because he was a foundling because he didn't, yes. he wasn't he, grown he, up he on Mandalore. He could have said for me, Mandalorian is a creed. Yeah. It's not my uh, but, race, it's a creed. But the fact that he says Mandalorian is a creed, not a race. Yeah. He says Mandalorian is not a race. Uh, but there must be a race. You sure You sure he just wasn't calling um, Grief Garga creed? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, I saw that meme too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a race, creed. Apollo creed. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yes. <laughs> um, so it's confirmed for us that he's not actually from the planet Mandalore. Yeah. That 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 he's the Mandalorian because he follows the way of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think there's a race of Mandalorians, but I don't. I don't think it matters. Anyway, this is the way. We poop. <laughs> the. <laughs> so the um, look, they're still under siege. They're still trapped. Um. IG-11, I think, takes the baby back away. Well, I don't remember what happens. with. Uh, no, IG-11 joins them, right? Yeah, IG-11 yeah. joins them. He uh, he cuts open the uh, the sewer crate. Right. So the plan is <laughs> the plan is to break into the sewers because the sewer is where was, was where, where the, was the Mandalorians, where. Where the Mandalorians were, where. were hiding. <laughs> well, yeah, the original Mandalorian covert mm-hmm. was actually in the sewers of this town. Yeah. So they just need to open a sewer grate to get down there to escape the standoff with with Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. Um, so IG-11 can cut through it with his uh, robot cutters. Mm-hmm. And so he's opening the doorway, but Mandalorian is so injured, he says, look, I'm not going to make it. I'm bleeding out here. You guys go save the baby um, and leave me here and I'll die a warrior's death slowing down the Imperials from chasing you. Yeah. Uh, and IG-11 says, uh, uh, nope, nope. That's not happening. Uh, I can heal you yeah. with my back to spray. But uh, hold on, did we uh, did we skip over another 
thing what? there. Remember when uh, he's like, okay, burn the place down, and then the one guy came in with the uh, the flamethrower, and he was about to burn the place down, and Baby Yoda did the whole... Yeah, I was still going to get there. I think oh, that, okay. I, thought, I, don't, I don't know what the order of operations here is, yeah. if that happens before or just after this, but um, okay. yeah, uh, there is a moment where um, Moff Gideon sends in a flamethrower trooper yeah. to just melt them all, and Baby Yoda uses the Force to stop the flamethrower and to actually kill the flamethrower trooper yeah. um, and send an explosion of flame back out. Yeah. Uh, uh, very cool show of power. We knew there would be some show of power by Baby Yoda in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, besides the healing, um, we got that great, great moment from Baby Yoda. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, um, <clears throat> I believe Cara Dune and Grief Cargo go ahead with yes. Baby Yoda. Yeah. While IG-11 stays back to heal the Mandalorian with his Bacta. Yeah. And um, they have this great moment where, Mandal- where IG-11 has to take off the Mandalorian's helmet to heal him. Yeah. And Mandalorian says, if you try to take it off, I will kill you. Yeah. Um, and he says, uh, you know, I've never, I've never had this off in front of any other living thing. And IG-11 says obvious, the obvious line. I'm not a living thing. Yeah. I'm not a living thing. So he takes the helmet off, and it makes the awesome Darth Vader helmet hiss. So we know that this helmet actually has a breathing apparatus in it, so he could survive like gas attacks and stuff, or maybe even go in space, who knows, with this helmet. Um, um, But he takes it off, and we finally see Pedro Pascal's face. Uh, It's only for about 10 seconds. Um, uh, But it's him. It's really him, and he does the dialogue in person. It's very reminiscent of the end of Return of the Jedi, Mm-hmm. When Darth Vader takes off his mask and has just a few lines with Luke, yeah. um, it, it it's very much that exact same kind of cadence mm-hmm. um, and timing to the scene, uh, and it's a cool scene. Yeah, and you yeah, know it's nice to see Pedro uh, actually earning his paycheck. Yep. In this episode, <laughs> well, we hear him uh, earning it every week, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? All of his lines of dialogue probably took one hour to like for the whole. I don't for the whole four hours of this series. Like, yeah. it, it, I, I don't know. Uh, it's a good deal. I'm sure it's a good job if you can get it. Anyway, yes. uh, I love Pedro Pascal. I'm not. I'm not hating on him by any means. Okay. I love that guy. Um, so anyhow, from there. Uh, they basically just rejoin the group in the sewers, right? And um, the Mandalorian is weakened. He's limping and stuff, but he's uh, basically getting better. Mm-hmm. And they find the Mandalorian's original covert hiding spot in the sewers, and they find everyone's dead. Yeah. Uh, they find a pile of Mandalorian helmets there, uh, and... Uh, Mandalorian realizes they've all been killed and he doesn't know who did it. Originally, he tries to blame Grief Karga yeah. and the bounty hunters for doing it. Grief Karga, like, no, it's obviously not me. It's got to be, you know, Moff Gideon and those death troopers. Yeah. And uh, at this point, I was wondering does this mean all of the other Mandalorians are dead? Does this mean this show is going to be like he's the last Mandalorian? Mm hmm. Um, but no, because the armor is still alive and we find out and she is just collecting everybody's armor and melting it down and trying to like, um, reclaim all of the Beskar that's left there before she leaves herself. Yeah. Um, but we get some great just wrapping up, tying up of loose ends here and filling in of, of plot here in this scene between the Mandalorian and the armor. Mm-hmm. Um, he levels up again, I'd say. He finally gets his signet, He's which signet, is yeah. it's just the mudhorn. Yeah. Uh which I was surprised by. Did you were you su- expecting something different there? 
Uh, no, because this is what uh, she said that she was going to give him before, and then he kind of refused it because he was yeah, like, but I, I didn't have I, help I, or whatever, right? Right. But then when she saw like what helped them, I guess I don't know. That's when uh, she decided. Yeah, no, I because I, because they're a clan of two. Because he wasn't really his, his enemy who saved him. It was yeah. his. It was his kind of clansman. Yeah, and she and she has that great line: "You're a clan of two now." Yeah, and she tells him his mission going forward. She basically tells us what this series is going to be about going forward, mm-hmm. which, in my opinion, is super exciting for Star Wars fans. Yeah. He's got to reunite baby Yoda with his race, which means Yoda's race, which has always been one of the biggest mysteries in Star Wars. You know, George Lucas, quote, refuses to reveal uh, the name of Yoda's race or any details about them. Mm -hmm. Now this show is going to be about a hunt for the planet that Yoda's race comes from. Very exciting. Um she tells him that's his mission to return this foundling to his people. He's too young to be trained as a foundling. He'll, you know, the training would kill him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of theories about this, and I don't know where it's going to go. Obviously, and I doubt that even John Favreau knows exactly where it's going to go. Yeah. But um, I feel like this is going to go the other way. I feel like Baby Yoda is going to be is going to end up being trained as a Mandalorian. Yeah, that's so. That's why I kind of. And I also feel like he's going to end up with the Darksaber, which we're going to find out about later. Mm-hmm. And because remember the great Mandalorian hero who was the uh, orig- the creator of the Darksaber was a Mandalorian Jedi and he was like the founder of their whole friggin' thing? Yep. I think Baby Yoda is going to become the next iteration of that person yep. and become a Mandalorian Jedi wielding the Darksaber and actually lead lead the whole tribe again back to uh you know full strength or back to prominence in the galaxy. But okay. that's a far that's a far flung long future theory. Yeah. Um but I think that we could see maybe a movie like uh, the culmination of all of this maybe years years down the road mm-hmm. is a movie that's a fully grown or just like adolescent or you know young baby Yoda, but Mm -hmm. fully powered in the force and a Mandalorian. Okay. Like leading his people back to, to like, like a Moses story. Right. Right. Um, anyway. Okay. Uh, far flung theories by Jer. Sorry. Um, (laughs) uh, back to the scene. Um, She also gives him she gives him his signet, but she also gives him something very important. His jetpack. Yes. So his character definitely levels up here. I, I would say maybe he's completed his level upness, but he still has to learn supposedly to use the jetpack really well. Yeah. I think that's kind of weird because he uses the jetpack really well later. But um you know, she says you basically have to train with this for a while before it will follow your commands. Mm-hmm. Um and he never really gets a chance to do that in this episode. So um it's like Luke at the end of Empire Strikes Back, I guess. You're almost a Jedi, but you still have to do a couple of things first. Right. <laughs> um, so then when they're leaving, there's a great scene where the armorer gets attacked by uh, a bunch of stormtroopers. So good. And she fights them all off with her hammers. Yeah. Um, and it's an awesome fight scene. Absolutely. And, and if, you, if you don't watch it, you're missing out. <laughs> Just that one uh, when she like swings and breaks... 
the the bottom piece of his mask and like right right oh dude like right. that whole thing and then she just like hammers the shit out of him while he's on the ground you see like the pieces of the uh armor um the stormtrooper it's a dope armor. fight scene. oh it's so she, good she, she breaks his his mask off in off his face with yeah. the hammer in one swing it's yeah. dope they don't show his face but you see taika watiti like, is a dope director. Yeah. Just, just do not doubt that. Jojo <laughs> Rabbit, yo. watch Jojo yeah. Rabbit. Check it. <laughs> Great um, film. Great film. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. we're talking about the man. Okay. <laughs> so then, our, our, from there, our heroes are escaping the sewers. They come to a lava river, and I love this line. I mm. love as they're approaching the lava river, which you could like. It's this giant lava river, and they're walking up to it, and it's right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Grief Karga says, "That's the lava river." Yeah. I'm like, I don't think you needed to tell us grief. I yeah. think we could tell that's a lava river. Thanks. Well, it's just um, like when I, he's like, watch it. It's hot. And basically like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. yeah. So there's an awesome boat, a gondola on the, on the lava river yeah. that looks like it's piloted by an R2 unit. Yeah. But the R2 unit is all covered in crusted lava and, and they, and they're like, Oh, that thing's broken. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to like, just get in the boat and float down the river. Yeah. Um, which they start doing, but once they start floating down the lava river, um, the R2 unit starts to break free of its, um, crust or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it turns out to be a cool thing, way cooler than a standard R2 unit. Yeah. It stands up. It's got arms and legs. Yeah. Um, instead of rolling on wheels. And it's a gondolier. It rows an oar. Yeah. Uh, so they're being rowed down this lava river by this really cool gondolier. And the scene is just awesome looking. Yeah. Um, and they're approaching the exit to the the sewers. And um, Mando can see with his scanning helmet that there is a platoon of stormtroopers waiting outside the exit to shoot them when they come out. Yeah. And, and there's no way they can survive. There's too many troopers. Yeah. Um, and, and then we get a fucking fantastic cinematic scene and another choice that again is an adult choice mm-hmm. that makes you go, why I wish you didn't do this, but it just, it, it ups the stakes on the show and it makes it a great show. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, IG-11 sacrifices himself to save the team. He, 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 we go back to that, that awesome thing from episode one where it's his self-destruct mechanism he's like i can't be captured my manufacturer's programming is still intact i cannot be captured so i will go ahead of you and i will self-destruct and blow up these troopers um and we get mandalorian arguing with him again no you can't self-destruct we need you and this is mandalorian's character arc uh happening in front of our eyes Mm -hmm. he doesn't want this droid to die this droid just saved his life this droid saved Baby Yoda. Yeah. He appears to be over his hatred and mistrust and fear of droids in this scene where he's negotiating with IG-11 again, just like the first episode. Yeah. No, don't don't self-destruct. We need you. Yeah. And IG- IG-11's like, there's no other way out of this. Yeah. You, you got to let me. Total Terminator um, here. And, turn, turn and, and yeah, yeah, he does the Terminator moment. Yeah, he yeah. steps into the lava he walks down the lava stream out the door. Even the dialogue is kind of Terminator because he's like, well, I have no choice. Like, this is what has to be done. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. So, and then and, and, he, and he, to, says, to he, says, he says, he says, don't, don't be sad. And Mandalorian says, I'm not sad. 
and he says, "You're lying. I'm a I'm a nurse droid. I've yeah. analyzed your voice. I can tell your emotions. You're sad." But he says, "Don't be sad." I was never alive in the first place. It's a great line, dude. It's yeah. a better line. It's better than Terminator. Yeah. The dialogue. It's a great. It's a great. It's it's this episode is great. Yes, this episode is great. I agree. Okay. So IG Eleven walks out into the stormtrooper ambush and blows them up with his self destruct mechanism, yeah. um, which they teased in episode one. This is long form storytelling yeah. coming around full circle it's so beautiful yeah. you know we, we watched ig11 die we wish he didn't die in the first place he was so much fun mm-hmm. but then you know we thought he was gone and then and then quill brought him back and, yeah. and we love quill so much and we got quill and ig11 back at the same time and then we lost them both yeah. one at a time and it was such a thrill ride yeah. the whole thing yeah. um fantastic um and but then dude this episode gets even better like i'm sorry like i love that opening scene like you said it was your favorite but Mm -hmm. like that mandalorian scene in the flashback to me was so fantastic and then this the fucking the final action scene in this show man uh moff gideon shows up in his tie fighter and attacks our heroes from tie fighter but the Mandalorian has his damn jetpack now, and we get a fight scene between a Tie Fighter and the Mandalorian on jetpack, yeah. Kevin, and it's fantastic. Absolutely. It looks great. Yeah. It looks perfect. Yeah. It looks like the movie. It 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 looks perfect. It is so great. Yes, I agree. This this <laughs> uh, worth the price of my subscription to Disney Plus. <laughs> So now that uh, the show is finished, are you going to cancel or are you going to hold on to it? No, I'm hanging in. Yeah, okay. I know. I, I've seen a lot of people in for the Marvel shows. Gonna... Oh, okay, true. I'm hanging in for the Marvel shows. True, true. Uh, okay. I, I, like, I, I expect them to be this level, and I expect us to be reviewing those every week. Yeah. The same as reviewing The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and look, I want I want all of the Disney Plus shows. I want the Cassie Andor show. I want the Obi Wan show. Yeah. I want the Darth Maul show. Yeah. I want the Lando show that we're talking about that they haven't announced, but I, I'm sure they're gonna. Yeah. Uh, I want it all. Like I I'm so in. Like yeah. this episode. Like if I ever doubt. Like if episode four gave me any doubt, mm-hmm. it's the only episode that did. Yeah. Honestly, like every other episode of this series completely sold me on disney plus and this episode especially yeah. i am a hundred percent signed sealed and delivered on disney plus this is the cinematic long-form storytelling i was craving okay. this is this is the star wars inventive and reflective storytelling yeah. that i've always craved all right this fight scene between moff gideon and the mandalorian yeah the tie fighter versus the 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 Mandalorian bounty hunter. <laughs> it's Boba Fett, right? It's Boba yeah. Fett, basically, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's Boba Fett f- fighting a tie fighter and winning. Um, again, it's reminiscent of Rise of Skywalker because Ray did this in Rise of Skywalker too. Right. But real quick thing, I just want to throw in there. Uh, there was that great moment when he's flying around and um, and Carl Weathers turns to uh, Baby Yoda, Kevin, and is like. Do, uh, yeah. do the hand thing. Do the hand thing. <laughs> why don't we? Why don't we just make Baby Yoda do the art? Do the the waving his hand thing. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, he's like going doing the action towards Baby Yoda, yeah, and yeah. Baby Yoda it's just hilarious. like pulls up his hand, just like kind of does a yeah. little wave, like oh. hi. 
if you're not into Carl Weathers in this show after yeah. this episode, I don't know what you need. Like yeah. Carl Weathers was so great in this episode. Oh, yeah. He was so funny. Yeah. He was great in the whole show. Like, yeah, I, yeah no perfect. problem. He's yeah, perfect. yeah, he's good. He's perfect. He's definitely a standout in this whole thing. Yeah. And okay, so Mandalorian beats uh, Moff Gideon by dropping some explosives on the wing of his of his Tie Fighter and uh, making him crash exactly the way Ray cuts yeah. uh, the wing of Kylo Ren's Tie Fighter yeah, and makes exactly. him crash. Yeah. And Moff Gideon survives exactly the same way Kylo Ren does. Um, but before we find out Goff Gideon survives, we get the farewell scene uh, with Grief Karga and um, and Mando and uh, Kara. And um, it looks like Kara Dune is going off with Grief Karga to be his like bodyguard, mm-hmm. basically, to work with him, basically. Um, not to join the guild, but to like work for him. Yeah. Um, and she's going to stay on this planet. And uh, Mando and Baby Yoda are going off on their quest yeah. to find Baby Yoda's people. Yeah. Um, shades of uh, shades of when um, uh, um, Pedro Pascal, as a kid, when he's being yes. carried off. Oh, yes. Thank you shades, for that. Yeah, well, the shades of the same thing. Baby Yoda. Mando, Mando flies off on his jetpack with Baby Yoda on his shoulder, and Baby Yoda has the exact same moment yeah. that Mandalorian had as a child, as a foundling, where he's looking over the shoulder, flying off on the Mandalorian's uh, uh, on jetpack, yeah. and it is parallel to Mandalorian's origin story. And this is what this is what informs me. This is why I made that prediction mm-hmm. that we're going to see Baby Yoda actually trained as a Mandalorian yeah. in the future because. He is following the exact same foundling origin story yeah. that the Mandalorian did, and and we get the Mandalorian's necklace in this episode. This was a thing that we didn't mention. That that's right. The, when, yeah, yeah. when the Mandalorian thinks he's dying, he gives his necklace to Cara Dune, and it's it's the Mandalorian Razor Crest symbol. Mm-hmm. And he gives it to Cara Dune, and he says, "I want the I want the child to have this if I don't make it." And no, then the end, he said to to show it to get into the thing. Oh right, 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 right. And then did he say he should have this though? Uh, I don't think I don't think he says give it to him by any means. Yeah. But uh, okay. he, how he ends up having it at the end of the episode. Anyway, he ends up giving it to Baby Yoda at the end of it. Baby Yoda mm-hmm. ends up wearing it. He's wearing it around his neck. Yeah. And I'm telling you, if season eight doesn't open with a fully grown Baby Yoda wearing that necklace, mm-hmm. remembering remembering his dead mentor, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Like I'm, I'll be a monkey's uncle, because cause that is a setup. That's, that is a setup. That's specific. Man, you said season eight. <laughs> that's very. I'm specific. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Season two. Season two. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm I, thinking, that, yeah. Chapter eight. I'm okay. thinking chapter eight. <laughs> no, but that's a setup, right? Baby yeah. Yoda wearing that Mandalorian necklace. Mm-hmm. That's gotta be a setup for, yeah, for a, sure. A few shot, right? Yeah. Okay. We we get a nice shot of the Mandalorian uh, making a grave for Queel. Um, yeah. basically where he fell um, and walking away from it. And it's just just a nice moment to like reinforce to us that Queel is dead. Mm-hmm. Queel is gone. Yeah. Uh, that character is no longer, as is IG-11. Yeah. But maybe we'll see future IG droids, right? Maybe we'll see uh, you know, Mandalorian trusting droids in the future. Maybe we'll see another IG droid that gets reprogrammed in the future even. Yeah. Um, you know, we could definitely do anything like that in this show. And the way this show, the brilliance of the writing in the show, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that for us just to give us more fan service. Um, 
in terms of IG. Mm-hmm. But Kev, let's get to the all important final moment. And to, to me, this is controversial. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Controversial? Uh, uh, okay. To me, this is the the speck in the eye of this episode okay. and of the whole thing. Um, okay. But um, I mean, okay, I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, Moff Gideon breaks out of his crash Tie Fighter with the dark saber. And if you know what the Darksaber is, the Darksaber is a lightsaber that is colored black mm-hmm. that is uh, important to the Mandalorian's history because, like we said earlier, the founder of the Mandalorian clan uh, was a Jedi. Yeah. Um, and he this was his lightsaber, and he tuned his crystal to be black. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's just a regular lightsaber. There's no difference between the, black, the Darksaber and any other lightsaber. It's just that it's black. Um, but it's this and it symbol. Looks more like a it's, sword opposed to um, like sure. a traditional lightsaber. Sure, like kind of like a swashbuckling like sword, right? So I, I I feel like it's a katana. Like right. A, yeah. 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 That's a better. A it's a sword. better. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's black, and mm-hmm. um, it's very important symbol to the Mandalorians. Yeah. And you know, we found out in this episode that Moff Gideon was basically the, the Imperial responsible for the purge of Mandalore. Yeah. He was an Imperial intelligence officer. Uh, that's how he knew all of the Mandalorians information and everybody else's information. Um, and, uh, so it makes sense that he has this lightsaber, which was basically probably kept in some vaults mm-hmm. in some important place on Mandalore because it was important to their culture. And we saw this in the Clone Wars series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was an, it was an important plot device. Um, so this, this coming in means that anything from Clone Wars can come in yeah. now. There's uh, also so in rebels just want to throw that in there. Right. Rebels too. Right. Of course. Um, same thing to me. Um, yeah. so hey, hey, hey. <laughs> this, this means that Ahsoka Tano will definitely show up at some time. Mm-hmm. This means that we might see Sabine at some time. We we you know we might cross over with Obi Wan at some time. Anything, anything from Clone Wars or Rebels that that originated there can end up in live action on Disney Plus. Now yeah. this is absolutely confirmed by the Dark Saber appearing in Moff Gideon's hand. He cuts his way out of the Imperial Tie Fighter with it. It's a cool scene. Mm-hmm. It's a cool final shot of Moff Gideon standing there holding the dark saber. But this reveal means so much for Star Wars fans. And I I I, I feel like I'm gonna debate this with Star Wars fans forever because mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this lore that was written on Clone Wars. Um and you know, somebody important said to me that they're worried that Star Wars has become is not a film first franchise anymore. Mm. Meaning meaning that the films won't be the most important thing anymore, that the T V shows will start becoming the source of the films instead of being like backfiller for the films. Right. Um and I think that this is proof positive that that's what's happening. And it's not a it's not like a, a deal breaker for me. It doesn't ruin everything for me. Um, but it's not my favorite choice. Anyway, I'm, I don't even like the way the dark saber looks. I think it looks fake. Uh, you know, obviously lightsabers look fake because they're not real. But mm-hmm. I, I don't feel I don't think the dark saber looks good trying to color it black and give it like a glowing outline somehow. Right. Like I, I I don't know how you it, do that. It did look a little off. I will say that. But still, yeah. I thought it was a cool um, a cool thing to introduce to the to the show. Okay. Um, I understand I why Clone Wars it, fans. Yeah. Excited. I understand why Clone Wars fans are excited. I don't want to shit on it for them. Yeah. I'm just saying for us non-Clone Wars fans, 
it's a little weird. We'll see how it goes. I'm not too worried about it. It's not, yeah. Like I said, it's not a deal breaker, but, um, you know, and I'm already reconciled to the fact that we're going to see Ahsoka. So I, I'm going to get behind it. I'm going to be okay with it. I like that the Darksaber is just a lightsaber and that they've made that clear to us. It's not some other weird thing. You know, it's not like dark matter instead of photons or mm-hmm. something. Um, it's just a black colored lightsaber. So that's yeah. okay. Yeah. That's okay. Right. And and if Baby Yoda ends up wield, wielding this thing at some point because it's his heritage as a Mandalorian, because yeah. he becomes a Mandalorian, yep. that that's cool storytelling. I'm okay with that. Let's mm-hmm. see where it goes. This is still a great episode. I'm going to wrap up my review now yeah. uh, and let you finish. Um, but um, I call episode seven a nine. I have to say I like this even more. There was so much in it. Yeah. So it's an, uh, I'm not ever going to give a 10 because I got to leave room for improvement. There's always going to be room for improvement. Yeah. So it's, yeah. an, it's a nine and a half. It's a nine and a half. I it's a, it's probably. <laughs> a, yeah. For me, for Jer, chapter eight of The Mandalorian, 9.5 out of 10. Yeah. Go ahead. And it's funny that <laughs> you should say that because I was thinking the exact same thing. Basically, I don't know if I can give this as 10 as much as I loved it. And it's I was great. thinking around the same thing, 9.5. Right. So we were totally seeing eye to eye this uh, on both of these episodes. Cool. Yeah. No, I absolutely, so there you go. absolutely loved it. Boom! You go. We have gone on uh, at length for these two episodes, these two fantastic episodes. Yeah. Uh, we love them. We hope you love them too. Yeah. Um, uh, but Kev, I, I know I got to I, I got to let you get going. Yeah. So um, that's the end. Janet, God damn it! Will you start <laughs> contributing? <laughs> yes, that's the end of episode thirty-eight of Too Old for This podcast. Thank you for listening so much. We really, really, really do appreciate. Yeah you listening to the show um we are going to be gathering the otog roundtable very soon as yeah. soon as as bill finishes recovering bill recovers, from yeah. from his gallbladder surgery and actually sees the movie so uh we can do that but it's going to be very soon yeah. and we're going to have uh our you know uh another big in-depth rise of skywalker discussion and, and more talk about mandalorian chapter seven and eight but kev in the meantime please finish watching the watchmen because i really want to yes. review the watchmen yes. Yes. the watchmen has been so great yeah. and so um it we you're, need to talk about it. We need to talk yeah, about it. You're not the only and, person, man. They don't, you're not the only person that's telling me to watch it. Okay. So. And, 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 I don't, and there's so much else, dude. Like, yeah. like I want to watch The Witcher. Everybody's telling me to. I don't have time. Don't I'm know, sorry. Man. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I'm a little, uh, I don't know. I, the Witcher, I don't know. I we might try it, but. We have, we have to try one episode. Yeah, we okay. have to. We'll I don't know. We'll it just yeah. didn't appeal to me, but okay. I, I I agree. I'm totally there with you. Okay, yeah. but you know, like John Campy, a lot of people are saying that it's really great. So pl- let's just try it. Okay. Um, uh, Lost in Space is out, and I really want to watch that, and I haven't had time to even think about it. Um, okay. A whole season of. I'm three episodes behind on Vikings, which is my favorite show on earth, oh. and I don't. I, so I there's just so much right now. Um, I'm sure I'm even forgetting some stuff, but um, we're going to talk about other stuff other than Star Wars. Is my point? Yes. Um, yeah. But we're st- but we're still going to talk about Star Wars too. So yeah. I don't know how we're going to fit it all in, but we're gonna. Yeah. Um, we. So so stay tuned. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that's all for this week. Uh, thanks a lot, Kev, uh, oh, for hanging you. in with me. Thank you. Um, 
And uh, thank you for listening. Check us out on facebook.com forward slash tool for this podcast. Spell with a two and a four, the way 90s rappers spell. On Twitter, twitter.com forward slash tool for this pod. You know, uh, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us. And uh, until next week, I guess all there is to say is just chill. Till the next episode.